Hi, you're listening to Celluloid Cards Wallop with James and Gemma. Sit down and enjoy yourself, grab a snack and have some fun. To this week's Talking Codswallop. It is, in fact, another wonderful episode with Joanne where we will be reviewing the series Picard. And we're now on episode five called Stardust City Rag, which sort of sounds like a 70s concept album that David Bowie would have released. But no. I have a different. <laughs> I have a different theory on that. I mean, if you call anything on the rag, I mean, I really. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm already starting. Yeah. Just guess, yeah. Just call us the episode on the rag with Picard. <laughs> anyway, Joanne, thank you for coming and joining uh, me to review this episode. Hope you're, uh, hope you're all, everything's good with you. Okay, I'm grand. It's good, good to hear you, James. Um, yeah, this should be probably, I would say, a fuck heavy episode, uh, considering we'd had a conversation about this particular one before. <laughs> we did. Um, um, different viewpoints. I, I'm really looking forward to reviewing this with Joanne, simply because this would be, be like, what did they call it in um, uh, what they call Chris Martin and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow? It was a, a, a conscious uncoupling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're probably more Waldorf and Stadler, or whatever you yeah. call them from the Muppets. <laughs> See, if, if we were married at this point, this would be the thing where we come to irreconcilable differences. <laughs> I'd be throwing teacups at you by now. <laughs> well, we've wet our listeners' appetite enough. So onwards and in, uh, uh, and upwards. And upwards. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> now, the episode really threw me on its opening because basically we were in like serious like horror uh, territory. Well, so I think this is what I'd say Star Trek does hostile at this point um because you open on a poor man on a table uh, having his eye removed with zero anesthetic and when i first saw this i was like whoa this is so different uh, for, for a star trek episode um and it it transpires that this is a uh, someone who's uh, like a a bog or was a bog because uh, the doctor starts saying where's your cortical stimulant and then basically says well we can't find it so i think we're going to go deep into your head and remove it and then it gets interesting this is where i'm going to hand over to you joanne because i know how much you love this person <laughs> yeah it uh for um well we find out it's per Echeb, who was in voyager who uh seven of nine had helped uh humanize again Dear love him, uh, Echeb is going through an operation now that we're post-Brexit. Uh, the NHS has just <laughs> failed. And uh, we don't have anaesthetic anymore, which was a bit of a problem. Um, yeah, but this was kind of interesting because Seven of Nine, it really showed her humanity and how much she's come she's come on in the years. She She's completely distraught because that was, was someone that she's seen. Certainly a very close member of the family. It was the closest that she had to family, really. I thought her handling of Echeb was slightly questionable, though, um, because 
he he had had he had injuries and now considering how good uh, medicine is in the 24th century she still felt the need to euthanize euthanize him and I thought well come on now the doctor in Voyager was forever rescuing people which with much more severe injuries than this but she shot him I think it was in the liver which I thought was good yeah I mean I think also she was doing it on his behest a bit maybe because he sort of like basically was I think he was asking to be killed but you are right it was a little surprising that she uh, she finished him off so uh it well, was the equivalent of I've broken a nail, no go on, leave me behind, but shoot me in the head before you do. It's like the old West, basically, you know, slight infection, <laughs> we'll put yeah. you down. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that that fingernail's broke again. You know what that means? Yes, I'll have to cut your arm off. It was so. <laughs> it's a wee bit. Now, the only thing that I was wondering was it possible that she couldn't lift him to take him because Ooh. of the circumstances that she had to sort of like make a, a fast get out was that what happened yes. but you know was she not strong enough to lift him now she has cyborg she's borg implants so i don't know i thought it was here this is the start of me complaining i thought it was a bit weak i mean i absolutely love jerry ran doing that i mean to me i love jerry ran all the way through this her her mm-hmm. her use uh, i'm questioning about but i thought i thought oh you know each chap's a great character don't tell me you're going to kill him off in the first 30 seconds i mean come on the fuck here people this is some. This is somebody that could have even appeared for ten minutes. They did away even far too quickly. But is the thing with getting rid of each other that they wanted to hit you with some real? Well, I'm sure. Well, it does become apparent hit with some real dramatic impact uh, on what it actually would do to the character and give you movement forward. But um, you know, in the episode. But I do see what you mean. Maybe they could have done. Um, do more to try and save him or maybe seven and nine could have done but i get the impression that he was probably and i'm underplaying it with these words probably feeling so grotty <laughs> that he might have thought it was the only option <laughs> oh i know what's happened he's had that man flu that i had the other week and right now something i probably been quite grateful imagine that like your second head and seven of nine appears <laughs> But you would be happy to see her at least, you know. It would it brighten up your day. <laughs> well, it brighten up my day as well. <laughs> Damn fine woman. Sorry, Jerry Ryan. I know I should be complimenting you and your acting, and your acting is fantastic. But you've just got a great set of knockers, <laughs> <laughs> amongst many other things. And her bomb. So, I just her bomb. Perfect. <laughs> oh yes. So strangely, we go from like hostile or some sort of really messed up horror. Thing that was being, you know, Star Trek does horror, uh, horror porn and violence porn, and we cut to a bar. Well, yeah, it's a, like a bar restaurant, isn't it? And we're sort of introduced to the real protagonists for this. Oh, yeah. Um, who I couldn't. I mean, I mentioned this to you, didn't I? That like that this woman is dressed like Britney Spears in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how we laughed. <laughs> Oh, yeah. we're watching that one. Oh god, it's like Britney Spears, but with visible um, panty liners. Yeah, it was just so wrong. I mean, goodness sake, the woman had no dignity at all in that outfit. And it looked like the sort of clothing that the Kardashians. Now, I don't mean the people of Star Trek. I mean, like you know, keep with the, <laughs> you know, the, the the girls there would wear because it was one. I mean, I'm looking at it now because I've as usual we've got it playing in the background. That's one hell of a skin tight. Leave it to no imagination outfit. Um, she goes to see Maddox, who um, 
I've got to be honest, he's looking a bit rough. He's seen better days. <laughs> yeah, he, not only has he seen better days, but he's played by another actor. <laughs> I, I I noticed that too. I was thinking, wow, did they brought the same guy back? Did my research? Not at all. Um, and he raised, I mean, the other thing that we, you and I had discussed previously uh, is the fact that the character whose name escapes me, I'm afraid. Um, I could try to pronounce it here. Um, hang on. I've got my, one of my copious notes around me again. Hang on. I see. No, that's not it either. Where the fuck have I been? No, she's, uh, it, the character is called Bajazzle. <laughs> that's what I'm trying not to say. Yes, I, Bajazzle um, on Maddox. You have an interesting conversation. Yes. I thought she was dressed like Britney Spears. She, well, we both thought she looked like exactly the same as Troy, which was another thing. Yes, yes. Uh, she was she really does. Troy. Yeah, she was Brit- Britney Troy, um, dressed in her questionable outfit. She seems to, I think, I have a feeling she actually runs that club, whatever the name of the club yes. is. Yes, and she's, the actress in question, I'll probably butcher the poor lady's name, is, uh, I think, uh, Nisa Oneka uh, Zadigan, or Zadigan. Oh, I stop? I'm going to get turned on here now if you, if you keep talking like oh, that to me. I'll keep, okay, I'll try it again later. No. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> speak. so <laughs> Bruce has seen far better days. Um, and they're basically getting him drunk, and he's discussing the fact that uh, everything that's going to be wrong, people have died, etc. And then he mentions that he thinks the people who were after him, the Tal Shiar, and that really changed. If it was a temperature, the room would have gone frosty at this point. Um, well, and let's face it, Vajazzle wouldn't have had any... I mean, she had no decent layers on her. She'd been freezing. Damn right she would be. And now she's a bad woman because she's roofied him. Um, yes. <laughs> here we go here's the nerd bit again that drink that she gave him was one Mm. that appeared uh, it's appeared actually before on star trek and one of the very old uh, one of the very old um uh the original series uh it was a yeah it was there was a character oh gosh i can't remember his name but it's like it's like a big alien type head and and um kirk and spock uh, get beamed on board and the character's really really tiny and it turns out to be <laughs> this is going to sound like I'm just fucking tripping here but he gives them a drink but it's also used in another it's been used a couple of times actually in Star Trek which is what I quite like actually is because once again there's an awful lot of uh, easter eggs throughout the series well I noticed upon re, uh, you know watching the show again prior to our chat um, prior to this uh, and obviously I've still got it on now is that I found other little easter eggs in it now they're, they're all set to going to go to the free cloud place which basically looks like a cross between Vegas and Blackpool uh, when you're seeing sort of representation of it on screen and Picard is hanging around his weird holodeck uh, house study effort thing and then he has uh seven and nine comes in to see him what i like about this point is he's offering his soft drinks but uh, seven and nine seems to have taken a liking to bourbon um yes. so she's a she, she's there's no messing with her she's changed because <laughs> <laughs> my knowledge of seven is slightly limited really i didn't see it i didn't get deeply into voyager so i'm assuming she was not always like this she wasn't so much of a, a human style character was she as i understand no she was Definitely quite uptight. Um, she wouldn't have taken a great love in food and drink. I think she just seen it as a way of staying alive, like fuel for, mm-hmm. like pedal for a car. Um, yeah. She changed a lot when she strangely got together with Chakotay, I think as a, mm-hmm. him and his Gucci Moyayas, whatever the hell it was that he said, the seduced her. That was probably the one thing that the fans got really cheesed off about was Chakotay and Seven and Nine suddenly start having this relationship. 
about halfway through the last season of Voyager. It just mm-hmm. didn't really work. And where, where's where's old Kuchi Mohoya himself? Uh, well, where is Chukul I did, Kuchi, I did you know? wonder that myself. What mm-hmm. will have happened to him? Because I knew there was something that went on between them as characters. So I asked myself yeah. the question, where is he now? But it, it becomes apparent in the conversation between Picard and Seven that um, she's part of the Rangers who are sort of like intergalactic... Um, I don't know how would I best describe them. Vigilantes, maybe. They see themselves as peacekeepers, but Picard sees them more as vigilantes. I was really, the, the Fenris Rangers, I was really hoping she would have said Power Rangers. I think just think that would have been so much funnier. Um, what I will say on the uptight from this, she's probably less uptight now because she actually has the ability to breathe because she's no longer wearing that, that <laughs> terribly constructing, uh, constructive course that she used to have to wear originally when she was uh, playing the character. Um, but interestingly and i'm sure you can shed a bit more light on this she's seeing a bit more of her humanity she's she asks i mean she she's going with her thing but she also asked the question doesn't she of picard why are you going there what's the push for you wanting to go to this place um and he's basically just laying his cards on the table and says to you know it's to stop someone dying so something terrible happening to somebody um mm. at which point she goes to get more booze uh, <laughs> <laughs> At that point, she decides to sit down and asks for another drink. And I thought, well, possibly maybe Annika or isn't that, wasn't that her original name was Annika? It is, her name's Annika, yeah. Annika, yeah. Possibly uh, Annika was an alcoholic and, <laughs> and Seven of Nine just carried it on. But yeah, she, she can fairly handle the booze now. Couple of quick ones, like you wouldn't even know she's had anything at all. But I love that it then cuts to a conversation between uh, the captain and um, Rafi, where they're sort of saying, What? Um, well, you never sort of really, because you watch it as a show, you realize that actually both of them are famous. You know, Picard mm-hmm. is famous having been a captain, and Seven of Nine would be famous having been a Borg that was. Um, to, you know, taken back to being a human and the comment of the Delta Quadrant. Now, of course, I was rewatching this. I thought, actually, that would really be something big because the Delta Quadrant is like somewhere I'm assuming that you would never be seen to come back from and they wouldn't have ever probably been aware of until Voyager got, you know, its problems there. I did find... <laughs> I don't know about you, but I found it very convenient that the captain suddenly goes, oh, yeah, I forgot Picard had been assimilated. That was a tad odd. It was, yeah. oh, shit. Do you know what it reminded me of? I was like, oh, shit, I didn't read that part of the script. It's like, my goodness, I didn't read <laughs> Now, the interesting thing as well, too, is the fact that Picard was able to leave his Borg incident, his past behind, and move on and be recognised as, as one of the best captains. Seven of Nine re- never really got beyond that. She was always seen as that Borg person, whereas that's true. Yeah, it's never really. I think that's maybe why uh, his name is Rios and he dances on the sand. Had completely forgotten that uh, Picard had been a Borg because it didn't feature the same in his history. It wasn't the didn't define him. Whereas it completely defined Seven of Nine. Admittedly, because she's got all that tinfoil on her face, it's probably harder to get yeah. away from. But it still defines her as a person. And here I'm just thinking back to Echeb again. He was a limited edition from the Delta Quadrant. You're never mm. going to see anybody like him again. Um, what an awful pity. You could have got an awful lot for him on eBay. <laughs> so he's like the Rolling Stones version of a gold. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What a waste. Completely taken out of the wrapper, played with. Maybe that's the wrong word to say. <laughs> Uh, I anyway, think we should have played Bon Jovi at that point. I'm just thinking, shot through the heart, but he wasn't. He was shot through the liver, the kidneys. Who the fuck did you shoot him? I still can't figure that one out. Well, I like the fact you're going with the Bon Jovi analogy because there was, in fact, a Bon Jovi limited, one of these limited edition cars for Bon Jovi as well. You know, a special edition that I remember seeing in my youth. We then were, we then jumped from the 
Now, I actually, just thinking, going back to what you said about the thing of, oh, they've not read the script sort of thing, I think that was probably just to help people who maybe uh, haven't really seen anything before, you know, to give the uh, the viewers who may not be up on Trek lore an idea of, oh, right, they were both Borgs, okay, yeah, right, you know, and I usually know what's happening. I think Rafi should have said, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, dumbass. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> And, and he should have come back with, no! <laughs> anyway, we jump from that to what I can only assume, Joanne, was probably your favourite part of the show because it had your favourite character in. <laughs> it was Anna. That is, of... It's all right. That's the wonderful Agnes. <laughs> oh! <laughs> this is where the fuck start. Agnes. Agnes <laughs> yes. Watching some porn of her and Maddox. Well making cookies now the whole analogy is supposed to be that he he liked to to he didn't want to replicate the whole cookie he wanted to build it like he would have built Naj and sushi so that's what that whole thing is but i just watched the him and thought well maddox has obviously been slipping it to some young thing and, and i just oh dear because even just watching it's somebody I didn't know. I didn't know who had lowered their standards more, him or her. I, I just couldn't make up my mind. I felt sorry for the cookies. I really did. I thought <laughs> I really there, was, there were brownies. There was drugs in them because not in a million. That is not a sex scene I would ever want to see. <laughs> It'd be an interesting one. <laughs> oh God! Oh, I think those cookies would have to be taken into care. They really would. They'd have to be counselled. Oh God! No. That's, She's just, why does that woman even exist? Well, we find out why, but, yeah. well, sort of. But oh, our character's just so weak. I mean, literally, what the fuck? And actually, there's one wee bit that we didn't touch on. We said oh. about, you know, the advertisements coming up from Freakloud. Did you notice mm-hmm. I had, uh, she had the boxing one. It was some uh, AI electronics fighting ring thing. And mm-hmm. you need to punch it to get rid of it. And she was like, oh, I yeah. can't hit anything. Fucking hit it. And she hits it and she goes, oh look at me and, and, and starts to pretend to box a Rios and it, yes. was just, it was just one of those if she was in school you would want to bully her. I was going to say you, you you wonderful like spooky mind reading uh, person. That are you watching me on a hidden camera because we've just come to that scene now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, that's me as usual trying to remember what it happened. Yeah, because they all get their own targeted one. Rafi, she gets uh, a drug one which I thought she was quite does. good. And I, when that happened, I thought, you know, Joanne's on something. She is a serious drug addict. <laughs> oh, completely. I mean, when an AI can recognise that you're used, you used to being off your tits on something, I mean, it's bad. <laughs> uh, then uh, uh, the captain, he gets some red bullion, um, and he's advertising something to do with improving his ship. And Picard mm-hmm. gets something to do with high tea, and poor Elnor doesn't get anything. I mean, yeah. well, he... To be oh. honest, might as well not be in this episode anyway. He's just poor, a good-looking fat with great eyebrows. Poor Tickle Me Elno. Um. <laughs> not, not even a Muppet, not even an advertisement for Sesame Street, nothing. No, but anyway, we we then get the, the little nudge because uh, Jerry's back, or Seven of Nine's back, and she's talking about that she knows this person because who's down on the planet, who we've seen earlier, um, because they're, they're sort of trying to care how they're going to get down there. How can it be done? Because they can't pay anybody off. They don't have the ability. And Rafi is obviously also a hacker uh, in her spare mm-hmm. time, uh, and she's trying to get into the system. And then they start talking, they're basically sort of saying that the, the system they've got on there means there's no way they'll get in, and it's like basically this point could be game over. And they're saying we, we can't, they can't sort of like kidnap people, they can't pay off. But thankfully, they've got 
the wonderful, I'm looking at the gorgeous seven of nine, saying that basically you can trade me in. Yeah, on the trading front, I think I'd just stick with seven of nine rather than the confused, bearded uh, (laughs) old man. Yeah, yeah. I know Maddox. I mean, Maddox or seven of nine. I mean, really. I mean, she's okay. We find out she's doing this for nefarious purposes, but typical Mm -hmm. seven to, to try to offer herself. You know, it's just typical of that character. She's self-sacrificing and she wants to make the world a better place. And was she like that on Voyager? Was she that sort of person, that sort of character? Uh, I think she's maybe a wee bit more logical. And in, in this, certainly, she does appear to be slightly more human. Yes. I'm thinking about her emotions more, but definitely. Um, some have complained, you know, that wasn't really Seven of Nine. But Seven of Nine has gone through everything in the last 20 something years that we we haven't seen she, yeah. she became good for a while and now she's back to being seven again and she lost somebody that she considered a son so her emotions have been rattled quite hard and uh Chakotay obviously left her at some point as well maybe for another stone he, he really liked the stones and voyager to pray over and <laughs> weird random shit left to go out in the middle of space. I don't know. He was a strange character. So she's on her own. Uh, and she's obviously got a drinking problem now as well. Her and Rafi really should go and get shit faced. But yes, she's she's a long way a long way as a character. And I think Jerry Ryan certainly portrayed someone that had been literally through the wars. Yes. Not the up seven or up up right up tight seven that had been before. And what I find interesting is that obviously you know, she's offering herself up, but as you say, that we will find out as we go further on discussing it, there is a bit more to it than we were aware of. So we've cut down to the uh, the, the city, which does basically look like Vegas mixed with Blackpool and Tron. Interesting enough, it looks like it could be a like a future set, like a Tron legacy sort of film. With a touch of um, bite in it as well from Star Wars. Yeah, and it makes me think a bit of Blade Runner, actually, the more I'm looking at it now. It gives me that sort of Blade Runner feeling. So All those signs, yeah, all those neon signs. All it needs now is a bit of rain, <laughs> and it would be mm. perfect. Now, for some reason at this point, the production crew decided, I know what I'm going to do, and the design people, I'm going to make everybody look like they're in some sort of weird 1970s film. Um, yes. <laughs> and the captain, and it uh, the, the people that are pulling the, the captain down as, the, the, the saying that he's going to be sort of like, okay, this is the best analogy I could imagine. The same to him, right, we're going to put you down as a facer, I think was the term. And yes, a short for interfacer, I think. Yeah, somebody who's kind of famous. So I'm thinking they're sort of like a famous YouTuber. They're famous, but not that famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, that's it, look. Somebody might vaguely have heard of you, but chances are nobody's heard of you. And what I really love is that, like, the same thing, right, you've got to look, you've got to sort of, like, look cool and look like this. You can't go with, and I loved it, you can't go with, like, being an angsty, moody person like you are most of the time, which made me laugh. <laughs> you've got to sort of be cool and laid back. And what do they give them? They give them the worst possible outfit, a crime not seen against fashion, since Jake Sisko wore the car seat cover jumpers in Deep Space Nine. What the hell did they give that poor man to wear? But it's cool. He looks like a 70s pimp. <laughs> he does. I'm waiting for him to uh, just uh, slap some bitches up and to uh, lift his pimp hand at any time. I wish she he'd lift his against Durati. Oh, flip me. He <laughs> would make, not that you make any money out of that woman. Like, oh, good grief. Unless you're into windy balloons, there's bound to be a market there. There's a market for something. Everything. Well, I couldn't get my head around this. 
I know you hate her, so again, I thought you when this scene popped up, because he says, what do you think of my clothing to her? And I thought, oh, I wonder what John's going to make of that one. Fucking <laughs> shape. Well, I could see the reason for it, but I thought, my God, this is so cliched. Are you telling me 300 years from now that that's the best that they could come up with? I mean, even Seven's a bit stuck. She suggests he puts a feather in his hat. I think Which I, I didn't realize. Yes, but I didn't realize Borgs were such, such sarcastic bastards. Because I think that's yeah. sarcastic in her. Yeah, put a fucking feather on it. Yeah, it look, it look great. Don't even oh. get me started. <laughs> the cards outfit. There's the next one. Oh yeah. Oh, oh. that's oh. going to be good for both of us to discuss. Oh. They come down. They beam him down to the planet, and he's like walking. See, the only problem I've got now is when I see him dressed like this, all I can think of is an episode of Seinfeld where Kramer was dressed up like a pimp, <laughs> which is not what they're going for, obviously. No, he just needs a big Cadillac or something as well to get out of. <laughs> a couple of hookers on his arm. <laughs> he tries to be cool, so he's, he's, so he's bopping along trying to be cool. What, what he says, he wants two umbrellas in his drink. <laughs> That drink was actually named after a place in Risa. Oh, I can't. Hmm. I'd, look, I'd look that one up. Oh, wonder. Yes, it's called a... Let me see. Oh, God, why is it I always print these things out and then can't pronounce them? Tim Tibby Lagoon with two umbrellas. Yeah. The name of the, the city is called Stardust City. Oh, well, there we go. That's the Stardust Rag. Uh, mm-hmm. Still trying to figure out... Does rag mean cape for crime? Is, does that maybe what that's in reference to? Old-timey so to speak. It's certainly possible. Now, the strange thing is that this giant hulking, I don't know, is he like a bodyguard or something um, that they're supposed to be dealing with, has the ability to sort of smell fear and <laughs> smell food and smell sex <laughs> on you, <laughs> where That's the captain has the weird line of a... You know, they could, you know, it could be that situation like the thing you ate is the thing you had sex with, which... Yeah, it's pretty weird. He basically starts saying, right, we'll do your deal. We'll do your swap on Maddox. You've got somebody you want. Now, the problem they have is that if this this hulking great big bodyguard can also smell if you're lying to them, yeah. which puts them in a real mess. So basically, the the answer is that they pump him full of drugs, don't they? Oh, God. Um, and, of course, and who supplied the drugs? Rafi. No, there's mm. nice. She probably thought, oh, no, I, I really don't have anything on board. Hang on, I'll just go here to like 12 gallons of this and half a gallon of that. And she just mixes them all up and injects them with it. The thing is, you just you see what actually the bit that I did like was when he starts to lie to Mr. Vup, who's the big reptilian type guy, mm-hmm. a character we've never seen before, brand new for the series. He he does look stoned as a high for a minute. Yeah, I was really, because it took my second viewing to see that, but I was like, wow, his eyes go. And then he shows uh, a video, doesn't he? The bake. I mean, yeah, he looks properly stoned. <laughs> if I was that guy, I'd be a little uh, curious as to why he looks suddenly so relaxed and like you know, fall asleep. Yes, look at this YouTube video one cats. Isn't this brilliant? Not even seven of nine at all. Just so stoned that he doesn't realise what he's showing him. He also manages to work out what he's had for breakfast, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was a wee bit strange. I actually can't remember the name of that particular type of character. But uh, I mean, he does say to uh, the captain that his uh, references were good. Uh, he mentions uh, Cork of Fenganar because I, yeah, I noticed the that. Yeah, there's the, the brain. I just I'm going to have a mental flashback here. Deep Space Nine, the brain, big imposing bu- buggers. 
very, very good baddies. Um, mm. Worked a lot with the Dominion. Nobody can tell me that Star Wars didn't half inch those for Rogue One because they're so like the Death Troopers, only a different colour. And even the fact that their voices are modulated and encrypted, and, or not encrypted, but, you know, scrambled in some way, that you can never mm-hmm. make out what I would say, apart from one of the characters was able to. They're just so like this, the Death Troopers in Rogue One. Rogue One, possibly the only decent Star Wars film they've produced in a long, long time. Yes, I said it. So there you go. <laughs> you I went there. Care. I went there. <laughs> the trilogy was... <laughs> so were you not a fan of the last one then? <laughs> it's all right. Uh, admittedly, I watched it at half 12 at night. Um, I watched it I thought, yeah, it's okay. Uh, don't want to see it again. Uh, I actually thought The Last Jedi was better than a lot of people give it credit for. Um, I'd agree with you on that. I don't understand the hate for that. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, so I don't sit down and watch them with like all the history of the films in my mind. But I like The Last Jedi. I don't really understand why people disliked it so much. I, I thought it was quite funny. I mean, the bit where Luke drinks the blue milk, I found it absolutely <laughs> hilarious. People give, give off that he was stuck on this island, which turns out to be in the bottom of Ireland here, too. Or, uh, he was just so disgruntled and annoyed. And I thought, well, yes, but if you've got to that stage in life, you are yeah. disgruntled and annoyed and can't be arsed with anybody and just want to go away and hide with some books and a bit of peace and quiet. So I thought mm. the betrayal actually of the old Jedi was very, very good. You know, he's why did he kill? Why he tried to kill his own nephew? And suddenly, you know, that that seemed to be that was handled maybe strange, strange. But if you didn't think about it too much, you go okay. But I suppose this isn't a Star Wars podcast. But I have to say. <laughs> Just to tie it in, in with Star Wars, this one, this particular episode of Picard felt to me like a very bad episode. It felt to me like it was part of that Star Wars trilogy, only a bad one. I've got to say it now, I thought the episode was weak. I don't know you liked it, but it felt it felt a wee bit too light the way it was shot. It was quite bright. It was more Star Wars, I felt, than Star Trek. I, no no offence is taken. I've got to explain, I'm not as in love with the episode as you might think. <laughs> I can see faults. <laughs> Now, but can you see where I'm coming from there? It, did, it didn't. I, I know I'm sort of dissecting it before cool. we finish, but it, even up, right up to this point, I still didn't feel like I was watching sort of Star Trek. It started like Star Trek. Okay, it was horror mm. porn to start off with, but it went somewhere else. It went somewhere else with the costumes, with Canto Bite, uh, even Mr. Fup. There wasn't anything in that bar. It was like, I don't know, like that got, got to um, one of the many bar scenes that the new trilogy tried to bring in to try and because uh, yes. they never quite got over um, the original one uh, the cantina bar and they just kept trying to replicate it again it just felt too much like here's Star Trek's version of the cantina bar and oh look there's nice snoodles, snoodles in the Rebo band uh, only it's one woman playing on a very small keyboard just wasn't the same but felt like a poor man's cantina well, I think I think you are on the money with that, actually. I mean, I not thought of that. A hive of scum and villainy. Well, that's pretty much a will perfectly work with the uh, the bar we have in this episode of Star Trek. You know, it is a hive of scum and villainy. This is where I will agree the show, this episode took a dive because for some, you know, everyone's had to dress up in funny costumes. Now, for some reason, Picard has been dressed up like he should be Doctor Hook, which I didn't get. 
I don't understand why. I mean, he's dressed, if I'm honest. At the best of times, stepping away from out of the show for a minute, at the best of times, Patrick Stewart can be camp. Just on the clothing alone, he's looking pretty goddamn camp in this episode. He's wearing some weird leather stuff, an eye patch, and puts on a strange French accent. Now, this man's a very good actor, so what on earth? Mm-hmm. He, what he and Jonathan Frakes were thinking at this point is slightly beyond me, but... Uh... <laughs> uh, I think they were just... I think they were just taking the piss out of everybody it was like we had suddenly stepped into hello hello good yes. morning and apparently um according to i was watching will wheaton's show again sorry to drop will wheaton's name again because it sounds like i'm in love with him because i mention him every time but he was introduced or he was interviewing the guy that plays and they were saying both will and the actor who plays eleanor were both saying that apparently um patrick stewart loved doing really bad french accents <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time then he's pro- well right now he spoke a very a bit of very bad French in episode one uh, and he had the cheek to say to the dog basically accused the dog of not understanding him or ignoring him because he spoke in French and I thought well yeah, yeah I would because that French accent was terrible and that was him trying to do a proper one so his comedy one isn't really that much better it's, it's a terrible accent he could have had some fun and even gone with his original Yorkshire accent and tried to use that um, but the French one must have a reason you know put you on his sexy ah, patch <laughs> good morning and I was just thinking oh no and the eye patch I had visions of him before he got anywhere being blinded and practically being blinded in one eye because <laughs> yeah. the brother Walking actually my, yeah, my brother wore an eye patch for uh, he did, decided to do an evil version of unit he crossed unit with some computer game don't ask me why but we got him a banana and an eye patch I can't remember what the game was <laughs> <laughs> but he said that it actually affected his vision through the course of the convention <laughs> as eyesight started to go because everything was just so concentrated in one eye I have oh, visions into things you know because his spatial awareness had gone and but we know then he's indestructible anyway so he probably would have yeah. got away with it Be even more of a confused old man as he bounces off her uh, objects so, so, object and can't speak properly yeah. I mean, not if he had taken a stroke we wouldn't have even known that he had taken a stroke at that point because his voice was that bad this is the awful instance we need his Romulan home help again to look after him oh. would you like a cup of tea yes who doesn't miss Laris? I mean, oh, I, she I do. Travelled across the galaxy. He got rid of two kick-ass Romulans. He travels across the galaxy. Okay, it's not a huge, huge leap, but he's, and he meets seven of nine. And I thought, why did you not just take these two with you? Those two with seven of nine would have been fantastic. I mean, number one could have run that vineyard. He's doing fuck all apart from farting <laughs> and eating. That dog could have definitely <laughs> left the dog in charge brought at least Laris with him. I mean, what a waste of that character. She's a totally. great Irish actress. Uh, yes. She's absolutely brilliant. Remember her name. But, uh, I mean, to, you can't tell me that Gerardi shouldn't have been kicked out of the airlock by now and replaced by Laris. <laughs> Harsh, but possibly fair. So, the, I feel you're carrying a grudge, but... Uh... <laughs> Now, they all dress up and Tickle Me Elnor gets upset that he doesn't get to dress up as anyone and he just seems very upset. I feel sorry for him at that point. He's just like, I don't know how to be anybody else. And they're going, just be you. He just just gives Gideon a new goth coat so they can be hit with the goth kids. That's all, they just give him a big long coat. He looks kind of cool, it's all right. But then, basically, I I do get the impression that really... um, 
Patrick Stewart's flight to be as daft and ham it up as possible because he's like making these comments about like oof she's disgusting and vile you know talk about seven and nine she's got all the the vile Borg implants in her you're gonna have to like dice her up to get them out and uh worryingly says when the Borg get into them as children and I thought hello yeah, oh god yeah Ooh, yes, yeah. that's a scandal we never heard about at the time. Possibly a bit too pervy. Um, <laughs> so, so, I mean, considering that John Lucas dressed like some sort of flasher from the 70s as well. <laughs> all he needed was a dirty pole mag up that Mac. I, I, still, I still don't understand. I mean, at this point, I just my brain just melted at this episode and I couldn't help but wonder why. did Were people smoking Rafi's gear? <laughs> Somebody's gone up. Maybe on set was used an awful lot at this point by the scriptwriters. The fact that they even put a beret on him to go with the crappy French accent. I mean, come on. So, you know, the only thing that was missing from his outfit was a string of onions and a bicycle. <laughs> and a stripy uh, top. And a twirly moustache. They didn't give him a twirly moustache. That's the one thing they definitely should have given him. Just to make him look like a ridiculous Frenchman. Uh, the Pink Panther had better. Accents, what did you call him? Is it... Uh, Cluso, yes. Yeah. Uh, do you know what he should have, he should have been shouting out? Not now, kiddo, you fool. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it felt more like, you know, it, what he made me think of is the episode of The Simpsons when they have Euro Itchy and Scratchy Land. And this, <laughs> there's no one there. The man in the booth is going, trying to get people to come. And he's going like, come on, please, my children, they need wine. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of offensive stereotype. The French don't give a shit, you know. I mean, he just should have had a little galois in his in his hand and smoking every so often, going, "I yes. do not give a fuck. <laughs> Take her or leave her. I do not give a fuck." But she is filthy and disgusting, and I thought, yeah. I don't know whether we were going into his wank bank at that part or not. I was, I was just, I was, is this what Picard thinks about? Because here's the other thought: is there like some weird like bog? like collective thought thing going on if one gets off do they all get off oh no wonder they actually need those those regenerative chambers to go into every time you would yeah. need a wee rep if everybody's caught getting off at the one time in the collective oh imagine you yeah. being the one that did being responsible for everybody else's you'd be well, like that's like the... no can you no imagine... was you. <laughs> but can you imagine that's it there's just one bog that's their entire job <laughs> a white boy yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're nominated as a wank Borg. No, they're getting off other Borgs. Oh, it's going to get really complicated. The O Borg, the orgasm Borg. Totally, the old Borg. And if you think about it, they all wear sort of like there'll be definitely a kinky element to it because they all wear those black, you know, tight costumes with a. Well, there's definitely some sort of bondage element going on because, like, you know, people have lost limbs and they're in, like, pain and stuff. So, yeah, I think we've hit on something there. Which also, it also terrifies me that we've that this idea has come to me because we seem to, as will become apparent uh, <laughs> as we review this episode further, when we think of things, they <laughs> seem to happen. <laughs> it's quite scary because I, I, I mean you, whatever it is that's going on at the time on Facebook. Look at this, James. Look. Look at this. <laughs> um, and somebody had done a meme about the, the red threads connecting everything in yeah. Picard. You know, it was it was really from it. It's always sunny in, in Philadelphia. And I thought we talked about that the other week. We've already come up with this one. Somebody's fucking tapping into our stuff before it's even released. Go <laughs> <laughs> fuck yourselves and get your own shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on it now. We've gone from the 
Well, actually, what we've gone from at this part of the episode is we've gone from really sort of crappy, overacting, mad French accents to we have, um, uh, you know, some examples of really good emotional acting, which is where Raffi goes to the planet and it transpires that her son's down there. Uh, and she's going to try and see her son. And her son is, as you, you'll find out, understandably pretty angry with his mother because she's obviously, well, my view of it is that she went bonkers after all the stuff happened with the synths killing everybody. She sort of went off probably sort of Fox Mulder style obsessed about the, because she mentioned some conspiracies and all these things. And she probably became a drug user, I reckon, at that point and neglected her family. Mm-hmm. She, um, I think he's probably more angry that his mother had become such a cliche. <laughs> Scene was so cliched. It's like here we go. Only it's usually the male that pre- presents this sort of character, goes off the deep end, becomes embroiled in the conspiracy theory, mentions some elusive group. This time it's a conclave of eight. Uh, ignores the family. Usually ignores the mother, the wife. Uh, quite often sleeps around. Has a drink problem. Has a drug problem. Beats the kid. Ignores the kid. Whatever the usual <laughs> cliches are. I just thought. This woman has just become a cliche. She has become, definitely, she has become a mixture of Mel Gibson's character in Lethal Weapon and John Cop that we've seen since about the 80s. You know, it's just, it's just, there's, to me, there's nothing new about Rafi. Uh, I appreciate that it's it's a female actually doing this regurgitated, cliche character. It's just slightly annoying. To, to me, I, I don't think there's a proper development of what should be a very, very good character. Um and then, okay, the fact we've talked about this as well, the fact she keeps calling him JL, I don't really, I didn't hear her using it too much this week because I thought hmm. if that had been a drinking game, you'd be shit faced by the end of the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Take a swig every time you hear JL. We're not, yeah. Yeah, you, you would have been as high as Rafa. So her, yeah, her meeting the son, I mean, the son is really angry. It turns out the yeah. wife's, they're there because the wife's preggers and she comes out and she turns out to be a Romulan and she's heavily yeah, pregnant. I, yeah. Well, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool that she was but a wrong one. Yeah, but I can guarantee now there's somebody who's going to have a baby. There's a family. Rafi's embroiled in something. You know they're going to die. There's yeah. no way in this particular storyline and the cliches that it's going down that that family's going to be permitted to live. It's not It's not going to end pleasantly at it's all. Some shit is going to go down. And maybe the son will be left on his own. He'll blame the mother and then he'll come round and he'll fight with her. It'll be some cliche shit. I kind of I'm worried just the direction they're taking with that. But mm. certainly uh, I wonder as well, did they go that the, the, the Romulan wife and her son, the human son, did they maybe go to this clinic as well? Because mm. there is so much resentment now between the Romulans and humans that that particular yeah. um, union might not be welcome in a lot of places and Free Cloud by its very name is probably somewhere where everything goes. I mean, my goodness, they have Quark's Bar down there, yes. which is probably a franchise. They have Mott's Hairdressing Salon, which was the guy who cut the hair in uh, TNG. And mm-hmm. there was a couple of rappers, Dabo Girls and uh, Orion Sleeve Girls dancing. That was one of the bits and pieces, you know, the, the neon signs. So it is definitely somewhere that's a bit more Progressive, lawless, but progressive at the same time. Part of me wonders, could the child, you may be on the money when you say about the, the, the negative outcome of something horrible happening, but could it turn out the child has some sort of special place in unifying uh, things or, you know, is the child going to be like the saviour sort of thing? So who knows? Or technically it could be nothing and the child could just be a throwaway scene where nothing else happens. Just, um, just that one thing to make Rafi go back on the drugs again. Mm. You just want to see her off her head, don't you, basically? 
<laughs> on drugs. <laughs> she was definitely tripping a bit. Well, of course, she was smoking that snake stuff um, whenever the first she epi- met. Oh, no, episode yeah. two, wasn't it? Yeah. Two, yeah, when she meets when Picard comes to see her. And she looked like a mischievous schoolgirl, actually, when she's sitting vaping away in front of Picard. It was like, yeah, she's <laughs> giving that sort of look, looks up from her eyelashes. Yeah, you, you're not going to do anything about this. I don't report yeah. to you anymore. Yeah. But, I mean, she's a woman that's struggling with addiction. And, and that's actually, yeah. don't get me wrong, it's not a bad thing to see. It just has to be dealt with well and has to be dealt with sympathetically. I don't mean covering up exactly what it's like. I just mean you just need to write the character that it doesn't come across as cliched and a burnt out cop and that's just what she is at the moment yeah definitely the burnt out cop um so we jump into bejazzle's bar where they remove the hood from uh seven of nine and uh, picard's pardon ta-da ta-da indeed it's a ta-da moment um and she's referred to as annika where you get the first you know knowledge that bejazzle and her are uh there's history so everyone starts so we we hit what i will call the um um, Reservoir Dog scene. You know, everyone's pulled out guns. Everyone's pointing guns at each other, um, and it's, shit's going to go down. Now, at this point, they're relying on Joanne's favourite character ever to uh, beam them up, and she's having a bit of a panic attack. Um, yeah. Oh, the, the image. <laughs> yeah. The image. Please state the nature of your psychiatric emergency. And I thought, I have a psychiatric emergency here. I keep having a rush of blood to the brain every time Agnes comes on and she's flapping and getting on and because she has a job to do she's supposed to be transporting them up whenever some particular bit of um, tech that they have um, shows that it's clear for them to beam up again to the ship and you just think she's going to fuck this up because she's mm. flapping away I mean there's, there's too many aspects to her character to me that don't add up you know mm-hmm. there's times where she's really floppy but there's other times that she's willing to do things that are questionable without uh, hesitation uh, yeah and the captain and obviously I mean this is I, this is a scene I really liked in actually because you're seeing the and these are probably the bits that made the show more something that I could enjoy than whereas you haven't enjoyed it as much I sort of enjoyed this sort of tense communication between um, uh, Bajazzle or how the hell I'm supposed to Pronounce her name. I know that sounds like something else uh, to do with the female anatomy, but uh, or maybe it's meant to be like that. Who knows? But it's a bejazzle or I would just call her bejazzle. Let's just call it. I mean, the woman's walking around dressed like Britney Spears with um, sanity tells doctor. So I don't really think it. Whatever we call her, it doesn't. It doesn't really. Really. But yeah. I mean, that I think um, her and Annika had a wee bit of a woohoo. I don't, ah. I don't. Maddox was the only one getting pussy at that time. I think there was definitely a wee bit of a bit of a, it, a, bit of know, a too. It, it's possible. I mean, I did think that we were judging, looking at the clothing and the whole setup on this bar. We are like in, you know, sort of porno territory. It looks like we're like one step away from this episode being a porn parody of uh, Star Trek. Um and that is so, right there. <laughs> so they're all, it's all starting to get a bit tense. And Seven of Nine is actually basically, did she pull a gun or did she just grab her by the throat? Let's see. I think she's pulled a, no, she hasn't pulled a gun, has she? Because her arms were just tied. <laughs> so she's going to no, try and kill. They, they did rig up handcuffs for her that she was able to get out of. Yeah, because she can get out of them because I know they'd set that mm-hmm. up. Um, and she's holding uh, for Jazzle, but Jazzle, whatever the bloody hell she's called by the throat, she's going to kill her. She's pissed. She's really, really angry at this point. And Picard's trying to talk her down, saying, look, you know, it's not going to help killing this person. Getting revenge is going to do nothing for you. And then a part that really got me, <laughs> makes me laugh, 
And uh, Tickle Me Elmo goes, are we still pretending? <laughs> and Picard goes, no, we're not pretending, no. Because <laughs> it's, it's his sweet innocence, isn't it? Because he's told, you've got, if you think about it, he's never done anything like this. He's been living with the uh, the assassin uh, nuns on the planet. So this is just like all new to him. Yeah, uh, I'm telling you what, for somebody who's been trained in the art of war, he was a bit shit at this part. <laughs> the fucking movie <laughs> Well, he has only been trained to use a sword, though. Don't forget. Yeah, that. I'm, I'm hoping he's kind of handy with hand to hand, but he just looked a bit clueless and in a battle scene. He, he's happy. He's handy enough. He's happy enough, rather, I should say, taking Romulan's heads off. But anything else? Maybe that's all they trained him to do was just chop people's heads off. Hey, why not? Might be his, uh, it's a job, you know. <laughs> it's messy, but you know, do a bit of beheading. Uh, I love the fact that at this point we again get to see how famous Picard really is because he dropped the Daffod accent and uh Fajasel says, Wow, you know, you're the famous admiral. You know, you know she I'm sorry, I'm just laughing because you know what that scene was equivalent of? Clark Kent taking his glasses off and people going yeah. oh! <laughs> God, God he never thought we drops the French accent is my God, it's Picard. You're the famous captain. No shit, Einstein. And he removes the eyepiece. For the iPad yes. story. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, that, 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 that's the glasses moment. Either that or he took his iPad off and somebody went, my God, Picard, you're beautiful. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and she can't see the fake scar <laughs> on his face. So. See, this is what I mean. This episode was just a bit too, I appreciate that you tried something different, but please knock the bourbon on the head or Rafi's drugs. <laughs> just get on the right in Star Trek again. Don't do this Star Wars shite. If you're going to do Star Wars, do it like the Mandalorian. Now, I'm going to go off tangent here. Mandalorian was fucking awesome. If anybody hasn't mm. watched it yet, illegally or whatever, just go and get it because you will not regret it. Amazing series. It is. It, I mean, I again, not a huge fan of Star Wars, but absolutely love the Mandalorian. Really got into that. Um, dragging us back into the world of Trek because we're getting close to the uh, uh, the end of the Maybe. show. This is just bad Star Wars. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay, yeah, actually, I can see what you mean, yeah. But we do get to see some really good acting from Jerry Ryan at this point. She's discussing, um, basically, that they'd all been, you know, she'd been on the ship called the USS Coleman. I don't know if that has any relevance in particular, but she was, she's recounting what, basically, the Bajazzle lady had been doing, where she'd been experimenting on Borgs, ripping out all their uh, implants, not even showing them any anesthetic, giving them anesthetic or pain, uh, pain relief, and just basically hurt them as much as possible. And she'd lied and ingratiated herself. I think as one of the um, uh, sort of like, I was going to say peacekeepers, but that's not what they were, the vigilantes, hadn't she? She'd, she'd got in with them. Or she got with the Coleman crew. I'm not sure which. I was a bit confused on that. I think she had infiltrated the Fenris um, people uh, and Annika had become really good friends with her. I still get the feeling that maybe done a wee bit more than just sit and have a drink together. And that that would have broke Annika's heart as well, because not only did she yeah. lose Ikea, but she lost it to somebody she's considered a friend and possibly a yeah. lover at that point too. Yeah, and it, it, it's, I mean, you can see it really has, it's wrecked her, but she's, and Picard again is trying to implore with her, saying, look, this is not killing her, will solve nothing. It's going to make nothing um, nothing any better. It's This isn't going to be any use to you at all. Now, the big, bad, massive 
bodyguard guy is about to shoot people and then finally the captain shows that he may be dressed as a pimp he's running with it his pimp hand at this point was oh, strong joanne it was perfect. <laughs> shot perfect shot mr vop is no longer and um <laughs> he um he even says doesn't he that basically there's no point um taking revenge because he may want to do it but it'll create chaos for all of us. And he puts it, Picard and Tickle Me Elmo, uh, Elno, sorry, you're going to have no way of surviving if they uh, if there's a price put on people's heads. But yeah, basically, it really yeah. Did, really did diffuse the scene, actually, and, and had uh, Seven and Nine thinking about it. That yeah. was, I think, one of the best speeches for me in that because it it was intelligent. It, it was more, it more was, Star Trek than through a situation and not... Not reaching automatically for the guns or for revenge. Yes, I can. I'm. I'm sure I'm shouting at the shoot that the screen shoot him, shoot him, or shoot her, shoot her. But Rossi's idea was was right. It was the right mm. thing to do at that time. Well, it was the it's the the wiser heads prevail thing, and really, it was a it was a, you're right, a very very good piece of um of writing on that from and very logical so they all beam up and you know the doctor is taken off the doctor's basically not you know buggered he's been getting tortured and beaten up and pumped full of drugs and alcohol and whatnot so you get a very nice scene here between uh seven of nine and picard um and he's basically sort of saying to her well he's trying to i think pretty appeal to a, a better side and he, he makes the point he's basically been a vigilante and she gives him i'm assuming like a calling card for a because he says, like, basically, if you ever need a vigilante, call me. Um, yeah. And in exchange, he gets two. She says, "Well, can I have two of your rifles?" And I'm gonna, I'm gonna sound like a really sexist pig, but you get a wonderful shot of Jerry Ryan walking away to get the guns. You certainly do. I noticed that one too. I mean, you get a great speech for them. You know, basically, are you still, whenever you became human again? Are you still trying to get your humanity back? Did it come back? And they agree that they're both part of them is are probably always going to be bored, but they're working on their humanity. But yes, that scene was just a bit <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Get the couple of phasers. <laughs> yeah, you, they could have ended the show at that point for me. I would have been, <laughs> I would have been a happy <laughs> man. That would have been just a whole show for us. Just yeah. Jerry Ryan. <laughs> Just I'm as sexist as anybody else. This is terrible. That scene on a loop. <laughs> For, what, five, six years? <laughs> <laughs> but um, to me, I mean, this is an absolutely brilliant scene, putting that bit to one side for a minute, which was as wonderful as it was. Um, the point when they ask about the humanity aspect, I mean, that is inc- that's incredibly good writing, incredibly good acting from both of them, where Seven of Nine is sort of saying... I've had all the bog things taken out of me, but I find it hard to to be... Uh, well, she asked the question, Picard, did you ever feel wholly human? And he sort of says, well, no, but I'm trying. Mm-hmm. And she sort of says the same thing. I'm trying every damn day to, you know, be the best person I am. Because he says, you know, we can do it, doesn't he? He's sort of trying to give her that, uh, that push in the right direction. And yeah, that... She's trying to them hope as well that yeah. you can't there. Yeah. I mean, that was a brilliant piece that was written and then we again cut to another good piece of acting and a good well-written piece where uh, 79 beams down to the um the bar and she's basically sort of saying to the jazzle character i've sort of bs them thinking that i'll uh you know there's still room for um justice when really all i'm going to do is come down here and kill you yes uh, <laughs> she's not stupid I, I actually thought that now that's a bit that i enjoyed i thought that was a nice twist she yeah. persuades him 
yeah, does, does she still have that, that bit of tech? Is that how she gets down? I, this is what I can't remember now. Or do they beam her down? I can't quite I remember. I think she, no, she beamed down because she steps onto the uh, transporter and goes down. But you really do see that Seven and Nine really did love, you'll have to give me the character's name, but the Borg yes. who... Yeah, Echeb. Echeb. She really loved him like a son. She even says that. And then she kills Bajazzle, Bajazzle, whatever the bloody hell she's called, Bajazzle. Yeah. And then, you, I mean, how badass is that after she's killed her when she just walks out? <laughs> just shooting <laughs> do you know what that scene reminded me of that was like the scene in Terminator and oh God, where the yeah. Terminator goes to the police station and back to the Terminator again this is the second time I've referenced Terminator with uh, with Picard but the way that both guns are up she's either That'd like Linda right. Holt, yeah, or she's like uh, Arnie whenever he goes through the police station just killing all the cops I think she's probably mm. closer to that part very true but we, but we cut back we then jump cut back it's not the right word but then we then go onto the ship uh, and poor old Maddox he's not in a good state is he I mean God knows what they've done to him even Picard makes the point out like they've really done you over they've really done a number on you I think they um, probably filled them full of alcohol pops and everything down there in that bar every cheap drink they could get rid of what, full of hooch <laughs> <laughs> some, some teenage face drink that his old stomach could deal with <laughs> oh poor man I'm just looking at him now poor man <laughs> you can't give anybody over 40 alcohol pops it's not right it's against the Geneva Convention <laughs> so and Picard's then asking like you know he wants to know what's going on he wants information um, and he, this is where we get to learn more about the sisters don't we about the whole reality of the situation uh, the, the fact there are two two sisters and basically Picard's at a loss as to why the sisters were separated and it becomes apparent that Maddox sent one of the sisters to the to Earth to try and learn about if I got this right to try and learn about what was yeah. happening about the, the lies and set one to the Daystrom Institute and the other one to the Artifact at that part I was sure no Agnes is in the room say nothing but of course yes. they don't realise about her at this point just us we've been screaming about her since episode one or two yeah <laughs> this, this is where I got really see because he's Basically, you know, Agnes, John's favourite character, comes in and goes, "Okay, Admiral, go and sort of like go and have a cup of tea. I'll, I'll go and make yes. sure he's, he's okay and he's comfy. He's he's not well, you know. They're there." They're um, like lovers, yeah, at all. You know, there's no there's no emotional connection. Okay, there was that really awkward kiss in that vid that she'd been watching in her bedroom, but there's no there's no emotional connection there. I just, I just didn't. Didn't believe that relationship at all. But what I did like on a, a sort of like cool sort of like relationship situation was when the captain, whose name has gone this time, is trying to Picard and calls him like old man. <laughs> Everybody's old. <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah, there's quite a combined age on this epic on this uh, series. But Raffi is. They refer to her as a stowaway, but basically what she's done is just locked herself in a room like a petulant teenager. <laughs> you know, I'm wondering, is she in there taking every available drug that she can find in that room? Because her son has, has oh, um, shit, distant yeah. and doesn't want to have any other. So I, just, I would say probably Rafi's room is like a scene from Trainspot. Do you remember Trainspot? <laughs> and the baby crawling across the scene. That's probably happening to Rafi right there at that moment in time. And she's listening to some really good... 90s dance music and techno stuff when we can't hear it through the door you know that wouldn't surprise me she'll be smoking stuff shooting up and drinking she liked Picard's wine so she's probably like you know 
either just replicating wine upon wine upon wine, or she's made Picard bring bottles. In fact, that's an interesting point. Where is all Picard's wine? Has he got any of it on there? I mean, he can't take it all of it, but has he got a few bottles on the ship? Has he got cheese on the ship with him? Flip, I hope not for their sake, because I'm not sure whether the air condition would work that well. <laughs> he could have left he could have left Rafi in charge of the vineyard. Well, he could have, until he came back and found that even the very leaves had been eaten by her as she yeah. got to go to the munchies. <laughs> she smoked all the leaves of the vine. I was gonna say, yeah, she won't have been uh, she won't have been eating them, she'll be smoking them in that little uh vape thing. <laughs> Dogs course i have to say this because i feel i feel obliged now i feel contractually obliged to say this every episode now that we record no number one that's true but you've got to think something if rafi looked after the vineyard to be fair when picard got back number one would have just probably been skin and bone because yeah. she'd be basically shit-faced off her uh you know she'd be off head on drugs the the chateau would be wrecked. Well, there wouldn't be anything left in the chateau because she would have sold it all to buy more drugs. Um, I don't know what would help. What the hell would have happened to the home help? They might have just given up and left, and the dog would be either be dead or worryingly she might have eaten the dog. But do you know what I think would have happened? I think her and number one would have ended up on the street, and it'd be like a poor. You know, you see these poor homeless people with their dogs and the wee sign. That would have been roughly. <laughs> oh God, it's right. Yeah. Yep. And she. She'd be there getting to get more neck. money. The dog would, yeah, you're right. The number one would help her get more money. <laughs> You'd be singing, dancing, sucking cock for 50p, whatever it is that's left on earth. Oh, God, get I know it's like coffee everywhere then. Stays <laughs> <laughs> like this, you need to swallow more. Well, that's what they'd be saying to her, wouldn't they? <laughs> She's <laughs> trying to earn money. I took, I took a couple of big swigs of Pepsi Max earlier when we were talking, and there's nothing worse than a, podca- uh, than a podcast trying to swallow quietly. Yeah. Uh, like your parents are next door. <laughs> sort of thing. Don't swallow very loudly. <laughs> You're <a> podcast. Same thing. <laughs> and now we, came, we come to the scene, <laughs> which, which, which I... Again, because whenever I watch these things, I think of what you and I are going to be discussing. And we got to this scene, and you know, the Paul Maddox is there. He thinks everything's going to be great, and he's talking about the um, the clones, aren't they? And he's saying to I how they create these two brilliant characters. Now, interesting mentions Doctor Sung as well, doesn't he? Sung, yeah. Who would have that is that's Data's creator, isn't it? So yes, yeah, he was dead like quite some time before that. But then I'm wondering, did he reference Noonien Sung simply because Data had he was Data's creator and he used some of the positronic brain stuff from Data or B four, whoever it is, mm. mixture book maybe. So that's maybe why he's referenced Noonien. But he also thanks uh, Gerardi for her involvement in it too, which mm. leads to an interesting Noonien or whatever that French word is for. The bit before the end. <laughs> mm. I mean, it's an interesting thing because he's sort of saying we've created this thing, we've pulled it off, and he, I guess the creation of the two characters, uh, the you know the sisters. But I suspect he, you get the impression that, he, that Maddox is having a feeling of I, I don't know what you think this, but is Maddox happy that he's created the the two characters, or is he also feeling a terrible sense of I won't say shame but maybe he's feeling it wasn't the right thing to do I couldn't really I, couldn't I, call. Get that. I, I yeah. mean we certainly get that 
from Agnes because yeah. she then says that's something else I have to atone for. Uh, yeah. I wish she hadn't. I wish I. I wish I hadn't seen what they showed me and I wish you knew about it or something along those lines. But it was so that then leads you to think that uh, Commander O, Commander Roy Orbison that day, she landed down with her big dark glasses on, has Mm. shown Agnes something really bad. We knew something had gone on there. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the fact that Agnes was able to uh, shoot the, the Romulan that day in the back. Exactly. Tenure, we know, discussed that. Because uh-huh. so, we found we that knew, strange. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just so dirty. And um, so whatever Commander O had showed her, here's an interesting theory. I read this one. Is it maybe that Commander O is Section 31 rather than Tal Shiar? Certainly possible. Mm, mm-hmm. That would make sense. Do you think when Commander O had still handed the stuff to Girati, uh she said, you've got it? Nah, it's lost on you, isn't it? It's a Roy Orbison song. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Anything you want, you call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do a really bad Roy Orbison impression. Next time I see you, I'll have to do it in person, but I'll do it for yes. you. <laughs> yes. Uh, def- oh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm- Every song sounds like a Roy Orbison song. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to do it podcast. I've got it completely wrong. Every what, song what I like a see, I like that. That'll be good. I'm see. I look forward to that. That's going to be that is. Uh, uh, yeah, I've got it. You've, you've got to do LFCC now when I'm over again in July. Yes, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Just for that one thing. <laughs> Just turn up, see you, discuss that, and leave. Ten minutes later, <laughs> getting a press pass just to come yeah. in to hear me sing like Roy Orbson. <laughs> They're going, do you, do you want to do anything else, James? Nope, my work here yep. is done. <laughs> Thank you very much. See, this is the thing, once you and I get talking, it just go, goes completely all over, the, all over the show. You don't know what's going to come out next. That's the fun of it, though. <laughs> it's not, it stops anything being boring. There's no way it can be boring when we chat, so it's bonkers. <laughs> but it's definitely not boring. Well, we were supposed to be talking about. <laughs> so, oh, oh yes. Oh, what? <laughs> Isn't it? What had what had uh, Roy Orbson given Gerardi? That's right. Then <laughs> you got it. That's right. I just could I actually could remember for a moment there how we got off that subject. <laughs> so what was the idea that Robertson had given her something that was either so horrendous or or what? What? Well, they're saying what they say that she might be section thirty-one. Yeah, she might be. I tell you what, they didn't give her acting lessons. Fuck, she's bad. <laughs> 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 yeah. I think I think they showed her something. I think I have a suspicion it's been something on a vid of some description, uh, or maybe the Romulan mythology or news, as they as they call it. And it was so compelling that Gerardi believed it immediately and was willing to kill a man. Whose cookies she had sucked. So had obviously a, not enough, not enough chocolate chip goodness in there. It's definitely not a Pepperidge yeah. Farm cookie. No, she didn't. She, he didn't satisfy her at all. Uh, so enough that she was willing to murder for it. That kind of surprised yeah. me. We funny enough loophole here. The EMH appeared and he asked her again, "What is the nature of your psychiatric emergency?" And then asked what the nature of the medical emergency was for Maddox. And yeah. she dismissed the EMH. And I thought that EMH is just witness murder. Are you also telling yeah. me they're not going to go back and tell the captain? So well, the EMH, the EM, yeah, the, you're right, because the EMH is getting freaked out. 
He's like, well, mm-hmm. what the hell sort of thing? What's going on? What's happening? It's literally what I'm watching now. Now, yeah, because as Aggie says, I wish you knew. I, w- I wish I didn't know what I know. I wish they hadn't shown me. Whoa, what the hell has she seen? I don't know how she kills it, but all the veins and capillaries are like going on his face and his system just completely then shuts down. And she's obviously, you know, it's not she's sort of doing it with, it's obviously evil what she's done, but she's getting emotionally upset about what she's done. So she must have had some sort of, I don't know, love or care for the guy. But what has pushed her to do that? And and Roy Orbson took his sunglasses off that day. What did she see in her face? Good question. Hmm. But it was just when I saw the episode, I was like, oh, you bitch. She, I was also like, but I was just like, God, we were so on the money because clearly Girati was a. Uh, we we'd called it from pretty early on in the start that there was more to that character uh, than just the bumbling, looks about twelve-year-old doctor that's uh, sort of wandering round. Now, obviously, you were not a huge fan of the episode. I think I just liked it because I felt it had a bit more pace than the episode before it. Um, my thought is, what on earth is going to happen next? Because how the hell is Jurati going to explain his death? Yep. And um, what, what has been going on in the artifact? There's a whole episode without the artifact as well. By now, though, that brother and sister could have caused so much mess in that bedroom, left, left for 45 minutes on their own, the Lannisters in space. <laughs> Oh yeah, Ooh. King's Landing. Yes, I think they actually we probably should call the artifact King's Landing. So those are definitely two two Lannisters, those ones, and See, then you're Brienne of Tarth, who's Suji. But what I'm thinking with them is that really, at some point, I could just imagine them all having a giant messed up three way. Oh well, do you know, I must admit, I would do the sister. I don't fancy her brother, and I don't fancy Suji. But yeah, the the messed up sister. Yeah, because the <laughs> other thing. The other thing you've got to think with the messed up sister is that she's evil and oh, she's, yeah, but we'll- psychi- she's evil and she's psychiatrically damaged. So that's going to be pretty good hot sex. I oh, mean, yeah. you could you could be dead by the end of it, but, <laughs> you know. I think you'd be down with a smile on your face and off exhaustion, so it wouldn't really matter. That's the thing, you just got to wait. I mean, I do get the impression that being on that ship is going to, at some point, because it's so like weird and twisted, and you do have that sort of like incestuous relationship, it's basically going to end up like some weird messed up version of Hellraiser. Hellraiser and and King's Landing. Yeah, oh man, what a mess that's going to be. In fact, if you think, you know, you know, you said the room's going to be a mess how bad do you think it's going to be if it's going to be like hellraiser and that (laughs) (laughs) what did did they say i've come i've i can show you so many something things i gosh the the quote's gone out of my head but they say whenever you know that the box yeah it's like i can show you so many delights or something (laughs) that's it just couldn't remember what it was yeah well that's that's yeah i Again, the one thing that upset me about well, not upset because I'm not obviously that emotionally involved. <laughs> one thing that annoyed me was the throwaway of the characters. Each ep was thrown yes. away. I find I thought seven of nine was thrown away to a certain degree. She leaves Terminator style shooting. Maybe we'll see her again. Maybe we won't. But it just felt a bit of a waste. I couldn't mm. wait to see her actually on. And I'm all joking aside about me fancying her. I just really like her as a character. I've admired her acting for a long, long, long time. She was in a thing called Dark Skies in the 90s. And that was the first time I'd ever seen her. I remember that. Yeah, you remember that? She was really good in that. I remember like, oh my goodness, what a woman. And um, and I've I've always liked her. I think Mm. she deserved better. I I think she actually handled a cliched script maybe for her as well. I think she was able to turn it around the way that the character 
the woman who plays Rafi can't. Now, well, that's because yeah. they just keep writing her into a corner and there's not much you can do with it. And just to bring you back to it, you were discussing the fact that um, you feel they'd sort of like painted Rafi into a corner with her acting, her, her yeah. character development. Yeah, I, I, I thought so. I think I think that actress is probably struggling a lot more, whereas yeah. Jerry Ryan has the history of uh, Seven of Nine. She knows her. She lived and breathed her for about five years. She was mm. able to bring that history into the character. And even though I I think they could have done a lot more with her. Um, yes, it was nice to see her firing phasers, but it was a wee bit too Terminator, really, for Star Trek. Yeah. She could have gone out in a much more intelligent way, too. I think they did the character some disservice. Um I know she was always a logical character before, so I suppose that shows the opposite side of the coin. But I'd really like to see her back again, but do something more with her. Mm. I mean, my fear is that they're not going to bring her back for any more episodes. I think with the sort of flashback characters, it's only going to be one episode at a time. We We may possibly see Data again, but I don't know. But I still think my theory on Riker will be held off to the absolute end, to the death knell. Um yeah. Is probably going to ring true. Um, I mean, I I can see the, the the concerns that you've raised about the episode and why you didn't like it. I, I mean, thinking back to our first conversation after we both got a chance to look at it, um, I think that what I enjoyed about <laughs> it said that was fucking shite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think what I liked was just that I felt there was a bit more pace to it. Um, I think I'd felt the episode before was a bit sort of slow, and mm. this one at least injected a bit more speed into it. And I think just the fact that, I don't know, I think what I really liked was just the shock elements of it. Like, you know, the fact that Maddox got killed off, um, and the sort of strong development you saw from Seven of Nine, you know, being human, but also being a complete badass is what I like. But God, some of it was just. <laughs> I'm going to say it again, but I did not feel like I was watching Star Trek at those times. I have become one of those fans who says, oh, it wasn't Star Trek. Yes, there were elements. I'm thinking about it now. There were elements that were good, and those are the elements that you mentioned, but I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm a wee bit worried that they're struggling, that Picard's mm. a strong, not a strong enough character to stand on his own, and that his supporting cast aren't good enough. Well, again, what the, I did hear said is that they chopped some of the, and I mentioned this in earlier uh, reviewers, that they chopped some of the episodes down, uh, the length of them, where you kind of feel they've been a bit sandwiched, you know, to try and get it into the slight number of episodes that are required for the series. So, yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I'm intrigued to see what the next episode will bring, what will happen with that. Now, uh, I'm fearful asking this a bit. What would you give it out of ten? <laughs> I think probably that night I messaged you. I would have probably given it a three. Now on on thinking about it in retrospect, I probably give it a five. I don't think it's worth anything more than a five. Unfortunately for it, I've been watching it in amongst a really really good uh, space series or sci-fi series called The Expanse, mm-hmm. and it is just superb. It's intelligent. It's well shot. The characters are in depth doesn't go places you think it's going to go so maybe watching Picard and amongst the series that's so well done and so well written particularly that episode wasn't a good idea mm. um, I'd probably give it about a 7 um, as much as not good. you're yeah. generous you're really uh, generous well it's just seen Jerry Ryan so you know I'm going to be honest with you I think that's pretty much a large point of my you're going at 7 motivation. you're going to give it 7 4 7 yeah yeah, yeah. See, seven for seven. You see, you see, <laughs> makes sense. Um, the only thing that I was thinking 
uh, about it where you mentioned about the problem it might have on standing on its own feet against, say, Star Trek. Is Star Trek was always about exploration, and each episode would generally be a different story, focusing on something completely different, and then you might have a, an overarching few episodes. This is expecting us to follow one set story and hoping all the things interlink it will make it worthwhile. And that is, I think, where it could end up suffering. Yes, and I'm wondering too as well is the fact that it's not dropped at one time. We're so used to seeing things now that you just it wouldn't be any good for us as a podcast because if we had to review ten episodes at one time, you and I would both forget everything. It just would be an absolute disaster. <laughs> but yeah. you okay, know I would be. But if you have ten episodes at one time and you can watch one after another, do you notice this thing, the things the same? Because you're going, all oh, right, okay, I'll see if this is resolved in the next issue. Yeah. Whereas we're we're quite impatient these days. We're not prepared yeah. to sit and wait seven days for something to come on. It always has to be, oh, I need to see this ep- this next episode so I can see how that progresses to see if it improves before I give it any more time. And the fact that it's one week and you're left thinking, okay, I don't really know where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to wait a week. Am I prepared to wait a week when there's so many other amazing programs out there? And that surprised me a bit as an Amazon piece because a lot of the time on Amazon, they'll drop everything's an entire series now, and you can just watch them at your leisure. So they did that, for example, there's a show on called Hunters, and as I understand it on Hunters, every episode's available. Uh, and when they did the Jack Ryan series, every episode was available, so you literally could just, like with um, the episodes of Jack Ryan, I just sat and binged them, yeah. a series over a few days, just to get through them. So, I mean, I'm enjoying it, but it's one interesting thing um, that I have found is that with regard to Picard, it is seeing a decrease in its viewing figures. Um, cool. When I looked in online, it's not at the high point it was at the start. By no means is it flatlined, but it is seeing a, a reduction. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it is a pity. There's a lot of goodwill out there for it. There was particularly at the start. This yeah. was the exciting thing. My goodness, it's Picard. It's Jean-Luc back again. It's our captain. And most people have a favourite Doctor Who, have a favourite Doctor. Um, yeah. Everybody has a favourite captain. And yeah. Jean-Luc would certainly be up there for most. Yes. But I think if this series doesn't go well, I think it tarnishes the character a wee bit. Yeah. And I think the problem they're going to find is the expectations on the series, on the character, are so high. Um, but it's some of these things where it's going to be hard for them to uh, to meet them. Um, it's, it is a concern. <laughs> I'm a bit worried we're ending on a downer. We normally end on an upbeat. <laughs> <laughs> Go and watch The Expanse. It's fucking brilliant. Also, Altered Carbon starts on the 29th of February. Did you see Series 1 of Altered Carbon? I didn't. I'll have to have a dig for that one and see what I can find. Uh, see how I can find time to sit and watch it. Yes, Netflix. It is so good. Now, the first series you're trying to get your wrap your head around the premise, the mm-hmm. first episodes are, and then once you do, it just keeps getting better and better. It, it, I found it quite haunting in the end, and the characters were so good. So, this this is the problem right now for Picard. There is so much high quality sci-fi out there that if you slip even for episodes, because Discovery was a weekly episode, and I still enjoyed watching it more than I have done with Picard. The, the one thing about Discovery is well, that was that was a bit that got me into Star Trek. 
yeah, I know there's a lot of people hate it, but deal with it. Whenever I went back and watched it again and was able to watch the set all together, it actually played better again for me. Uh, so, yeah, I do think Picard's maybe going to struggle with this. It might be mm-hmm. five weeks from now and people are starting to tune in then <clears throat> to watch it, you know, as as a complete scene. It might get more positive re- reviews at that point, but right now, mm-hmm. it's in trouble. Yeah, well, I think that's probably the best time to stop <laughs> on this episode. Um, it's been it's been an interesting episode this time. Uh, if this was a divorce, Joanna and I have just pulled it back from the brink. <laughs> I'm keeping the dog. Yeah, you can keep you can number keep... one, I'm keeping the dog. Yes. <laughs> so we we pulled the divorce back from the brink. We sort of find a, a middle ground. We've not had completely irreconcilable differences. Uh, so for this week's celluloid, yeah, I mean, sorry. I'm sorry with with other people, but we've got back together again. <laughs> <laughs> We're not sitting in complete silenced rooms now. <laughs> You're not in a room watching snooker and I'm watching something else in another room. No, no, we're back now together on the sofa, cuddling, watching Picard. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Hug, hug. <laughs> so uh, thank you very much, Joanne. It's been a pleasure <laughs> as always. <laughs> thank you very much. And hopefully we will be uh, on a better reviewing level and happy reviewing level in the next episode. So thank you very much. See you, folks.